This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Emily Thompson from Wellington, Florida. And you're listening to a special jumping edition of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for April 7th, episode 1142. This episode is brought to you by Us Equestrian. Good morning, Horse World. Oh, my God. It's Tuesday. It's top-class show jumping uh, at the very best. Every horse is different, and you've got to be able to understand and read each different horse. Remember, we're looking for those clears in this round to go forward to the jump off. You can't ask for anything more. It's just pure theatre. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us here at Horses in the Morning on this Tuesday morning. We, of course, have Emily with us, who is here the first Tuesday of every month with a special jumping episode. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. Happy to be back. Missed you. good. Yeah, I know. Well, this is the last time, I think, that we're going to do a show for a while that you'll be in the same state as us. I know. I know. We'll have to stop. We'll grab dinner or something when I'm on my way up because we can't go uh, so many months without seeing each other. We get to see each other kind of frequently, I feel like. I know. I know. And you're going to be heading back to New York. Is that the plan? Ah, yes, the Great Migration. I'm a little slower than everybody else. You know, the big Wellington circuit. I was going to say, circuit, most of them have bugged out, haven't they? <laughs> they're gone. They're gone. You know me. I'm intolerant of the cold. I can't. They've had snow up there. It's a no-go. It's <laughs> impossible, really. Um, but, no, people leave. They blow out of here week 12. I'm always impressed with that crew because they're, like, here, like, you know, hardcore showing all 12 weeks or at least alternating. They've got a string of horses, and they blow out of here, and a lot of them go on to other shows. Um, so it's kind of like, I don't know. I do it different. I do show, I do, I do participate in the big 12 week circuit, but I love the pre and post circuit. You have much lighter numbers. Um, a lot of the big barns do stay down. Uh, there's some big classes and, um, there's, there's big classes here, but there are big classes, uh, around, uh, like we had the one in Miami, we have world cup coming up. So a lot of the people will keep their main core horses here and then send out, ship out the ones that are showing, um, so there's there's still a community here, but I don't know. I think I may stay down to the bitter, bitter end. I stay like mid-May, um, and it's hot, but that's okay with me. I like that. And I'll, I'll, so they'll head now, Let's for everybody that doesn't know what happens as far as the circuit's concerned, we'll have a bunch that will head to Kentucky. Of the, they're, they're, they tend to be a little bit of the lower levels, right, They'll that live in Kentucky for the summer? That's yeah, part. I mean, it's, you know, I think at this stage, it's a little bit preference. I think, yeah, okay, maybe they don't have as big money classes or, you know, there's some, like, I know that um, Saugerties is running some FEI classes, so there's different calibers, but I think it's generally preference. You have people that like to go out there to Kentucky. We've got the big circuit and try on now. And, uh, you know, and that's in that, uh, Carolina, North Carolina, right? North Carolina, beautiful, beautiful. And that's fairly new. Um, so you, you really do, you get people a little bit preference for us. We just, eh, you know, with my clothing line, I manufacture in Manhattan. Um, we're New Yorkers. We go back up there to Saugerties and settle in, but I don't 
go until it's warm, which is the end of May, generally okay. speaking. I know that uh, they've started to clear out of here, and uh, so we can get in restaurants again, which is a good thing because uh, the horse people and the old people both have cleared out. Because you got the old people clear out at Easter, you know, the snowbirds, they all start heading north right before Easter because they want to be home for Easter. And then, uh, and then you know, the horse people clear out. Well, hits is over after the million. I guess that ends, right? So, it does, and uh, that's sooner. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So hits is over. They're all clearing out of here. So it'll be back to normal here shortly. Oh my gosh, it is wild. I get a little taste of that because I'm down pre and post circuit. I mean, it feels like the population cuts in half. It does. Uh, you know, it does feel that way sometimes. Not yesterday when Jennifer was driving around town. She said it was nuts. But I think a lot really? of people have off, off work Easter well, week, too. So I had, well, I that's know. of course. Yeah, it was Easter. Okay, so there's people. But I, I heard a lot of people saying that um, the, that the snowbirds were staying down longer because of the, the bad weather. Now, I did hear from somebody who lives, one of the para riders who lives in Wellington, that she looks forward to this time of year because all the stores down there have big blowout sales. Have, do you hit those? <laughs> It's so funny. I haven't. I'm going to have to look. I, I I can be a little bit of a shopper. I've got a little shopper in me for sure. <laughs> yeah, she said all the stores have big blowout sales, so she waits for this time of year to buy all our stuff. Oh my so, gosh, that doesn't surprise yeah. me. I mean, it's got to be it's got to be an incredible change on the books, the sales that they that they pull, even restaurants. Yeah, their Christmas actors. is over. Their Christmas yeah. is over now. They're going to the summer months, yeah. season. And, you know, the diehards, the ones that are, are, are willing to put up with 95 degrees and 100,000% humidity are Oh, my left. gosh. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> the hardcore. Well, well now, you, uh, did you have any other adventures over this? Oh, wait, let's go to Jennifer and find out what's on today's show first. Jennifer, on today, a jumping episode with Hess Equestrian. Jennifer Wood Media goes for the clear round with the jumping news first. And then the Power and Speed class features Kama Godek, who's going to navigate the trainer certification program. And then resetting the course, Luann Smith from TheEquestrianCorner.com has some classy cover-ups for spring. And after the scores are tallied, we will hear from Golden Grow founder Dan Daly. And then... Jen Blumenthal takes us ringside for the finish. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Jeez, Pat show. Nice. Well, I'll tell you, Emily, you've had quite an adventurous last uh, month since we talked to you I last. Know. Uh, what do you want to talk about? What, what, uh, your husband's oh, it's home. it's been crazy. I know. It's so That's crazy. I, um, so that was, yeah, so I was very, very happy. Yay, <laughs> hand applause. So he was in Italy. We should remind people he was in Italy training horses over there for quite a while. And uh, and then I think Emily called him up and said, okay, get your ass home. And he did. Yeah, so, enough is enough. I mean, those are the rules. Like, time to come home, for sure. Uh, no, I mean, he, it was great. He was there. He was training the, this guy, uh, Paolo Pastorini. Pastorini. He's got um, quite a, a large breeding program. He's the vet for the Italian team. They were like an hour and a half south of Rome, which... Those of you that know the Global Champions Tour know that's one of the legs that they added this year is along with Miami. So he was really plugged in, very happy. It was great. But he, the horses, they're a little bit, they're not quite ready to sell. It's a breeding farm. You know, there's lots of young horses. So he got to know them all and got everything sort of cataloged. And he might go back and forth a little bit, um, just like two weeks, you know, max is what he would really spend over there, which I'm happy about. But no, it was it was a little bit. So he was it was kind of brewing that he was going to come home and do a little back and forth. But those of you that know me, I've got my breeding operation, um, and we unfortunately lost one of our babies last week. We had to put down one of our foals. I was devastated, so upsetting. 
um, unfortunately does go with the territory. But that was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. He said, you know what, I'm coming home. Too much going on, which there was. There's so much going on. So I was so happy. That was He got a really great ticket. I mean, practically no notice and was able to come home. And now we are back sort of trying to get back in a program. It's been a while, you know, and so he's uh, he's coming in. He's helping. It's It's fun. It, it's definitely, so, it's been time. So you say it's fun, Emily. So for folks who maybe haven't had the chance to listen to Emily's shows every month for the past few months, you run a clothing company which manufactures um, clothing in Manhattan. You ride and train uh, jumpers and pony jumpers for people. You have a breeding program you teach riding to youngsters. What else? How do you ever sleep? I mean, when he got here, I was like, wow, this is so unbelievably helpful to have my partner back, you know, helping me just with all the stuff that I have going on. And I did wonder, like, how how was I doing this these last couple of months? How How was this you, happening? I, you, were posting, gotta, you were posting pictures was, on your Facebook when you were showing uh, high, high Heels. Is that her name? High Heels, yes. Yeah, and you're, you're you're trekking off to the arena to do your showing, carrying your grooming utensils for the ringside on a backpack on your back. Uh, you were like the one woman show team. Oh yeah, I'm a riding groom. No, totally. <laughs> uh, and I actually, which added to the excitement of it all, I had sort of got the idea. My little brother is he's doing school still. He's in college, so he's got plenty of time. He needs some discipline, some structure. I figured I would uh teach him how to work with the horses a little bit. Like he has no horse experience, which is funny because I do it so much. But uh I had him all trained up. He was down there setting jumps for me. I mean okay. he would still ask, we're like going to the one thirty ring and I'm like, All right, can you set me an oxer? He's like, Is the oxer the one with the two rails or the one rail? I mean, we were definitely <laughs> See, that would be me. I I'd be doing that too. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I can handle this going into the big ring, but we're going to try. Yeah. And how tall exactly is a meter? What's that mean oh, again? Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> I got it down. He's pretty fast, and he really did learn pretty quick, but he could set about three obstacles in the time that I can have a jump, you know, because it's math. You can really only have a jump in the schooling area when you're like five out maybe, or you're going to get kicked off. So uh, during that time frame, we can get about three obstacles. So we were like – really really trying to streamline our school but we did it it was success it happened um but yeah so pleased to have the husband back really needed a lot of help well uh, we were so ha- sorry to hear about the baby it was one of those fluke accidents huh? i know happened. it that does and it does yeah unfortunately it uh it does happen um you know i mean that's anybody that breeds they'll they'll tell you you know the percentages that it it does happen um but this this is a maiden mare uh you do have to watch out with the maiden mares they don't you think that they're the the, you know hormones are going to kick in and they're just naturally good mothers and they're just not all they have to learn there's a learning curve when you go to europe and if you buy a proven quote-unquote brood mare it's the whole enchilada that baby that mare's got papers she makes good babies and she takes care of them so you know it's a learning curve so this mare she did she got it the baby was beautiful she just got up so fast um and she unfortunately clipped it on her way up and uh you know we had to put her down she broke her leg so it was it was upsetting but uh it's, you know, it does go with it. Do you have more in the works? Are there more we do. Uh, babies? Yeah. We do. We've got two mares in fall that are coming up, and we had the first baby of the season, which I don't own. It's a good friend of mine, her mare, but it's my but stallion. But that's the one I saw pictures of that was so cute. Yeah. She is so yeah. cool. 
and she's huge. That mare is really old lines. Um, and so, and the stallion's old lines, he's quite big. So the baby was huge. She was almost too tall to nurse when she came out, but she's like light, you know, she gallops around and she's fresh and she, and when they turn her out, she's like six weeks, six weeks old, you know, she shouldn't be quite so fresh, but they put her out in the turnout where they've got the big field and she can kind of get into the arena and she'll go in and start jumping the jumps and the poles. She gets all fresh and starts running around in circles. <laughs> she's like, she's already Angels jumping. I'm like, yeah. What more do we want? She's ready. She's so big. We could probably ride her in a couple of weeks. She knows her job. She's ready. <laughs> she does, ready. but no, it's good. Well, we've got two more coming on the way. So we're, we're hopeful for the, for the bloodlines. This is our stallions first season um, producing. So we're really paying attention to all the babies kind of seeing what he throws with the different mares. So we will see. Now, are they, Stay tuned. Are they in Florida? Are they all in Florida? The bird we are. They're all down here, which I'm a little bummed Florida? about leaving because I'm going to miss, I think I'll fly back down, but they're right down here. If you can believe it, right around the horse show. There's, there's land and um, mine are over at my vet's house in Loxahatchee. And then the first mayor was over on the backside of the showground. So they're right here in Wellington. They are Wellington children. Well, horse show noises shouldn't all... bother them then. <laughs> yeah, no, they have trouble with that. Yeah, I know, right? They'll be all broken in. The horse show experience. <laughs> well, um, I think we have our first guest ready here, Emily. Perfect. So, well... We have we've got a lot of Jennifers on the show. Uh, this this uh, show, I think we booked all Jennifers, which is confusing. So yes, we've got some Jens, true. some Jennifers. That. Yes, that that was not anticipated. So yes, coming up, we have the one and only Jen Wood. She is bringing us our show jumping news and what we can look at at our show jumping calendar. We're very happy to have her at the end of circuit. Welcome to the show, Jen. Uh oh, she said I'll see you later. We're going to try again. Okay, that was bad connection. Yeah, so Jennifer, give that a try again to see if you can get a better connection with her on there. That wasn't good. Well, we did get a report. I wanted to tell you, we got a report, and I know we're going to talk a little bit more about this later in the show. We got a report from Erin Gilmore of Horse and Lifestyle Magazine. She was down at taking pictures on the beach at Miami Beach. Did you get a chance to go down there? I didn't. That was sort of in the middle of my entire turnover of the breeding operation, husband coming home. I was like, ah, I almost drove down there the one day. And then when I looked at my my live stream on Facebook, I was like, why do I need to drive down there? Because I have like 4,000 pictures from every angle. I, I think everybody, every one of my Facebook friends was there and took pictures. <laughs> so I have some big photos from all the arenas. I the pictures involved a bikini of some sort. So, oh, yeah. Uh, that was my yeah. favorite. Actually, one of our <laughs> guests that's on today, the only Jennifer that we, only non-Jennifer, let me rephrase that, um, she, that was one of her photos, is that, like, iconic po- oh, photo that's been passed around. <laughs> yeah, of the, the thong bikini. Well, Erin was funny oh. because she said, you know, we are on South Beach, so you can see topless women right here from the stands where we're watching the show jumping. So oh, totally. Funny. But, like, that's the cool <laughs> thing about the, the Global Champions Tour is that they can put up these arenas and have immediate access to the public like that, which builds spectators. I mean, this was amazing. There's hotels right there. I mean, how do, they, how do they afford to put this on? It must have cost them a million bucks just to set up the arena. On the beach. Oh, it costs 
Yeah, it does. And it's an actual horse show. So, okay, there's the Global Champions class. These are top riders, right. qualification, point standings, but it's an actual horse show. They're running other classes, so they're generating an income through, you know, entries, essentially. there was I don't know what how many numbers uh, of horses that there were there, but there was like three tenths. I mean, it was a big – I knew a bunch of people, all my Facebook friends, like I told you. Everybody went down. They were showing. They were doing amateur classes, one meter ten, I mean, all the way up to, to the Grand Prix. So it's it was a legit horse show starting Wednesday. <laughs> it was fun to see the pictures of it and uh, to catch a little bit of it on their website, too. All right, let's yeah. uh, try Jen Wood again from Jen Wood Media and see if uh, she is any better. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for taking the time. I know you've been busy. You're down there for all 12 weeks sure. of West all over the place covering the different classes so we're so pleased you can yeah. take the time out and give us a little little news and a rundown of what's up on our show jumping calendar sure um so we finished WEF um on march 29th and the last saturday night was the big five hundred thousand dollar rolex grand prix um mclean ward and hh carlos z were the big winners um it was really cool to see them you know rise into that great Grand Prix win and uh, take home the biggest prize money of the circuit. It was a good class. Yeah. That was an incredible class to watch. I saw a bunch of slow motion videos of them galloping down to their last couple jumps. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, we had, um, it was broadcast on NBC Sports. We had the Goodyear blimp there. It was a fun night. That's so cool. So much, uh, you know, exposure happening lately with our show jumping events. How cool is this? Yeah, I think everybody's kind of stepping it up and, you know, the show managers want to be able to provide more exposure for their sponsors as well. So, you know, it helps everyone um, who loves the sport and wants to see more of it in the mainstream media. It's so exciting. How much so of cool. that do you think, I mean, there is a little bit more competition than there has been in the past. Do you think that's contributing to uh, to the fact that they're all trying to step it up? Yeah, I think, you know, more shows are are recognizing that they they have to do more in order to capture, you know, it's just like everybody's raising their prize money in the Grand Prix. Um, they're all trying to capture more corporate sponsorships, and, you know, with that comes exposure. Either the sponsors bring packages with television networks that they've dealt with before, or the sponsors expect that, so... Everybody's kind of stepping it up across the board, which is really exciting. It is really exciting, and it seems like it's really been sort of starting maybe last calendar year, wasn't it? Like the Central Park Grand Prix was one of the first Grand Prix that was televised? It was the first one that was televised live, yeah. Live. Central Park Grand Prix, um, which was also, you know, with Rolex as well um, as the sponsor. So that was that was interesting, trying to do live show jumping is difficult. You never know, you know, how many are going to go clear and, and how much time it's going to take. So it was a little nail biting, but it was really cool in the end. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I know there was such great feedback from it. That's exciting. And now this event <laughs> down in Miami was televised as well, wasn't it? Right. It wasn't live. Um, I believe it was tape delay to the next day. Okay. So cool. I mean, just the exposure. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. The, the sport is awesome. I mean, people love to watch the ponies jump. For sure. I think anybody can kind of understand the jumpers, even if they don't know horses. They they can see when the jumps are knocked down, and they can tell by the timer who's going to win. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is. It's very, very fun. I think it's certainly geared to be a spectator sport. But time will tell. I mean, we're sort of ramping up. So, what do you have for us uh, here on the on the agenda? We've got a sort of exciting show schedule coming up. Yeah, we have a lot going on. Um, you know, as soon as WEF ended, we kind of jumped right into the uh, ESP Spring Series. Um, so that's still at the same Palm Beach International Equestrian Center grounds. Um, a lot of people stay, or there's new people coming in that were showing at other winter circuits, um, or people that you know don't show at WEF necessarily, but bring horses out for these shows. Um, and that you know those three main weeks go through April 19th. There's $30,000 Grand Prix classes, um, and then at the same time. The Tryon Spring Series has started as well, and that runs through June 7th. Um, at the end of the last week of May and the first week of June, they have two new CSI three-star and CSI four-star shows, which is really exciting. Wow. That is exciting. Yeah. Um, so lots of people, I guess, will hit those shows on the way north, which is which is sort of new. That's sort of a because there's fall shows as well, I think. So, so try on, that's, that's a, a calendar uh, that's on the calendar now on the way North and on the way South. Right. Yeah. I mean, it kind of spans all the way from April to the end of October with a spring series, a summer series and a fall series. And, you know, depending on what your show schedule is and, and what kind of classes you want to compete in and what points you want to get, there's really opportunities throughout the year there. And it's a spectacular new venue. It was built specifically for horse shows. So um, it's really beautiful out there. I'm excited. I've never been myself, but everybody just gives it rave reviews. It's so beautiful and big. I, I hopefully will be able to stop there one of these days. <laughs> yeah, right in the mountains. It's really pretty. That's very exciting. Great location. But yeah. then from there, so that spring, I didn't realize they had... They had um, shows all summer so you could actually stay there i mean it's totally like we were discussing before you came on it's at this stage there's top showing really all over the country so once everybody disperses from wellington you kind of can go either settle somewhere like Tryon, kentucky or you go between here and there so that's that's very exciting to see that it's growing into a big circuit destination it'll it'll for sure keep growing so then what do we have from there we've got some some new venues well, there's, um, you know, Trine is one of the new venues, and we have Colorado Horse Park, which is an older venue, but it's kind of gotten revitalized. All the footing has been redone, and all the prize money has been increased for this year's circuit. So they have six weeks out um, during June 3rd through July 19th, um, and okay. they've really, you know, bumped up things for people out west to want to still go to the same Colorado horse park but have an improved experience. So I think people will really um, be impressed by the changes that they see there um, this year and then going into the future. And they, you know, not only are Hunter Dumper, they host a dressage show, they have horse trials. So um, it's a multidiscipline venue as well. That's great. That is exciting. And now I have shown there quite a bit because my husband and I had a business in Texas for years and we would go out to Colorado ages ago. But the, the facility, the footprint, the venue, it's 
It's awesome. It's so nice for horses. It's big. There's all kinds of rings to ride in. So the fact that they like, it sounds like you're saying they're redoing footing and, and polishing it up. That's a legit venue that that is lots of fun. And the weather is very nice uh, because of the altitude. It really, you, great. It's, okay, it's hot, but you can just get in the shade. And I mean, you're great. Yeah. Practically no humidity too as well. Yeah. And then in, um, in May, there's the old Salem farm spring horse shows. They're May 5th through the 17th, and those shows are really, um, have really grown in the past few years. They've got really good prize money. They have jumper derbies each week. They have 100 classes, so um, that's where you'll see a lot of the top international riders kind of preparing younger horses or preparing their top horses before they, you know, go to um, Europe or, or some other big shows in the area, so... Um, they have a gorgeous grass field that everyone really loves competing on. It's kind of a rolling grass field with big trees, and it's just a gorgeous setting there. It is beautiful. And for those of you that don't know, Old Salem is in South Salem, New York. It is beautiful up there. That's I actually started showing there as a little girl. Uh, that was like where I did like my short stirrup and got metal points and stuff like that. So it's like super <laughs> nostalgic for me. Um, but yeah. that is also that facility got a real makeover in the last 15 years. The footing, the barn. I mean, Huge. it is a really fun destination. It's a great show, cute area. And it's very... Um, it's very in the roots of the show jumping community up there in Westchester, Old Salem. It's it's a household name. I'm I'm glad you qualified that because when you say Old Salem, I think of like Massachusetts for some reason. So, right. Yeah. yeah. It just sounds like a Massachusetts name, right? Uh, it should be <laughs> like near Plymouth, uh, and that's right. where it should be. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's so just true. about an hour north of of New York City. Great location and quite a few barns mm-hmm. in the area. Top top barns, hunter jumper barns. Tons. So yeah. yeah, McLean Ward is down the road. Um, Katie Dinan has a place. Georgina Bloomberg. There's so a lot of people are kind of centered in that area. Yeah, that's a fun one to watch. Very spectator friendly. Old Salem is lots of fun. Yeah. Great shopping. Definitely one to check out. Well, this is good. Really this good is vendors. a good one down. Yeah. yeah, good good vendors, huh? Yeah, they've got a big, for the size of the horse show, I'm always impressed with how many vendors, and, like, it's very prestigious. Your vendors really want to come. They want to put put up their inventory, their best stuff. It's definitely one of those those hotspot shows, and it's growing more so. And, and like Jen said, it's yeah. one of the uh, very few places these, these days that has a proper field that you can jump on. Right. Yeah, I mean, we usually get a day of rain somewhere in those two weeks. <laughs> um, yeah. The best thing about it is that, they have a giant um, sand schooling ring on the other side of the field that they can convert into a show ring. So if it's too wet to jump on the grass, they've got a beautiful sand ring just on the other side to compete in a day or They've so. got options. That's, yeah. And they do. They run the horse show so well. They've been doing it for ages. Well, that's that's a great destination, you guys. Check it out. If you haven't been there, check them out online. Very, very fun. Well, that's so that's good. We've got live streaming of- a lot, too. Oh, you will. Okay, tell us about the live mm-hmm. streaming. Will you be live streaming all of these um, venues? Yeah, uh, well, the Old Salem Farm has great live streaming. Uh, they do either on their website, which is oldsalemfarm.net, or with USCF Network, so you can see all the major classes um, from those two weeks there. Oh, that's great. You guys check them out. Top horses, the top, top horses go out there to play on the field, and like Jen's saying, get ready for the next season, whether it be in Europe are showing domestically, but the top horses, people are pulling out their top horses, lots of fun. 
Very yeah. cool. Nice. Well, that's, so that's sort of the rundown of what we have to look forward to and a little bit of our results. So, Jen, I know you are probably taking a little bit of hopefully a break after a wild surrogate before you get geared back up again. <laughs> a little bit. We'll be uh, down, you know, have some downtime for a couple of weeks and then head out to Las Vegas for the World Cup Finals. Ooh, so excited. Oh, uh, there there's an anybody that's feeling bad for you, by the way, about that. Uh, <laughs> no, this girl works hard. I saw her all circuit. She works very uh-huh. hard. Feel bad for her. Yeah, we're not feeling bad for her heading out to Vegas for a couple of weeks. Not too bad. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. That's really no, fun. We'll, we'll check in no with you on food that. food and drink and there's no good food and drink to be had in Vegas. So none. It's yeah. going to be so I'm boring. Be suffering out I there. Mean, Seriously, and Jen's coming right from Wellington. She's like, Wellington, Vegas, little rest in between. It's a pretty sweet yeah. gig. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> fun, fun. Thanks, Jen. Well, we'll check in with you. Thanks so much for coming on, Jen. All right. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. Safe travels. Okay. We have to get Jen a new phone before the next time. We apologize oh for that. Her connection was awful. But, uh, I don't. I, so you know, awful. you could hear her, so... I thought, well, at least we'll let her keep going because you could at least hear her. And it didn't sound like it was going to get any better. So let's oh, hope. Oh, I know. Uh, I, don't, I, know. I don't know if it's on our end. I think it, I think that was on hers, I hope, anyway. I hope I the rest of the guests so. don't sound like that. Um, <laughs> or we'll be doing the show ourselves the rest of the time. Hey, if we got stuff to talk about, we can do it. That's right. And, uh, you know, we... I, you have a lot of things that uh, you have planned for the rest of the show today. And I did want to say that if you missed some of the previous episodes that we've done here on the first Tuesday of every month, you can go to horsesinthemorning.com and you can just type in, just type in Emily Thompson into the search and all of her past episodes will show up or S equestrian, either one and all the past episodes will show up and you can listen to all of Emily's past episodes as well. Well, Jennifer is, getting, <laughs> Jennifer is getting uh, our next guest lined up here. I know that you worked with uh, the next guest uh, the same day that I worked with, with Wendy doing the USEF network coverage over at Live Oak. Oh, I know. That was so much fun. Um, that really, I'd never done that before. The live stream never really even considered it. But yeah, we we did. We just like you guys, I got to watch you guys do it, which was great. Um, because I could see you in the, there in the booth with all the monitors and, and watching the driving. I was like, okay, okay. So, you know, this, this is doable. This is doable. I, I felt like, like if you were doing it, I could do it. Okay. I was a little bit nervous, but it was lots of fun. And our, um, my, my, co-host, my live stream partner, Kama Godek. A lot of you out there know her. She's a an experienced Grand Prix level rider. She has a very, very famous horse. People love this horse. Air Force One, a gray horse. She's had oh, since yeah, a little yeah, five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, you hear the name. People love, yeah. and he jumps really. He kind of, he kind of goes a little wily and fresh, and kind of darty, and you're uh, not quite sure if 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 it's good. You know, sometimes they go like that, and they're getting green. But he's just kind of like that, and she does such a nice job with him. He jumps super. She actually, I think she just had one time fault in last year's million, and and he was young. I think he was like nine, eight or nine. She's an incredible rider, very educated. Spent the last, gosh, I think ten or twelve years, maybe more, um, in Europe getting experience and showing she's only recently back a few years. So she's got tremendous knowledge. She's a really fun person to talk to and she loves the sport. She's passionate about it. So she can really, you know, she chats about it. She, she's got ideas. 
so we um she had never done the live stream either so we uh we got to experience it together but she's very good because she's got she she knows everybody and she's been showing she herself does show at that level um she'll tell us when we get her on but she is going she was anyways as, as of last week she was planning to fly um, Air Force One out to Vegas to do the big Grand Prix on, on Saturday night, I think it is. Think about what you just said. She's Air Force One. To fly Air Force One out to <laughs> Vegas. I mean, think about what you just said. It, it came is. out so naturally. I know. So. She it wishes so she was funny. actually flying on Air Force One to go out to Vegas. She wishes. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> Don't we all? And his yeah. bar name is President, which is very appropriate. Well, I had to say, you two did a great. <laughs> that's pretty good. You two did a great job on the USEF coverage at Live Oak. I got to listen to when we, after we were done and we left. I got to listen to to it uh, at home, and you, you two did a great job. You both obviously uh-huh. know the sport and know you know 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 the people in the sport, so that helped a bunch, and and it was fun listening to both of you. Let's get her on here and say hello. Yay! Okay, we have Kama Godek. Welcome to the show, Kama. Good morning, Emily and Glenn. Good morning. You did such Thank a great job joining. at Live Oak, by the way. Was that your first time? I was more nervous about doing that than if I had been riding at the competition myself. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, actually. We had we had some of the riders come up to us afterwards and, and say we did a good job. So I guess we succeeded. Well, if it's any consolation, Wendy and I were nervous, too. That was our first time doing the driving commentary, and we had a blast. We would do it again in a minute. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I mean, just to be able to see everyone and not have anyone distract you because often you're on the competition and you don't really get a chance to watch every rider go because you're talking to people as they pass by and stuff. So it was, it was good. Where are you yeah, from originally, true. by the way, Oh, um, I'm from Virginia, just outside of D.C. in the northern Virginia area. But I haven't really lived in that area for a long time because I've been on the road so much. Wait, were you always the horse girl? We went to a dude ranch in Colorado when I was seven, and I cried the whole way home on the airplane because I wanted to be a cowgirl. <laughs> and my mom said, we don't have Western in the area, so if you want to ride can learn how to ride English and you can jump. And I said, I don't want to jump. I want to be a cowgirl. I want to ride barrel. And I've never done that. <laughs> so, now, uh, do you at least own a pair of cowboy boots and maybe a hat or a belt or something at this point? My dad's collected enough over the years. I don't need to worry about that. <laughs> Every time he sees a pair of cowboy boots, he has to pick them up. So, we have okay, also well, funny. Right. Yeah. Hey, there's still time, Kama. You're very young. You could still be a barrel racer on the side a little bit. I know. I know. I actually had a girl grooming for me two years ago, and she rides barrels. And I kept joking that I was going to steal one of her horses and go to a competition and, you know, do the the novice barrel racing at a trot or something like that. But it looks a lot of fun. No, totally. I'm with you. That does look like fun. You could do it for sure. Be awesome. It's so great. Yeah. So, Cam, I gave a little bit of the background, sort of how fabulous you are and about your fantastic course, Air Force One, which we all love. Um, I am curious, what did you decide? I gave sort of a little teaser. Are you going to go to Vegas? Or I'm going to Vegas. What are you thinking? I'm going. Yay. I'm going. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's very exciting. Sunday. I know. It's really exciting. We're flying Sunday at 8 a.m. from Miami, via FedEx. I have a big package going to Las Vegas with me. 
and we're going to go through Memphis because that's the headquarters where all the packages go, and then from Memphis on to Las Vegas. You really wow. do go to Memphis? Yes. Yeah, we have a connection. I think we even have to change planes. Oh, that's funny because, you know, I actually flown into Memphis a few times, and you do see the big terminal there uh, for FedEx, and, but I didn't know that the horses actually went there, too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I've actually flown all over the world with horses from Argentina to China, um, back and forth between the U.S. and Europe many, many times, but I've never flown domestically, so this will be a first for me. Wow, wow. very cool. Uh, so yeah. are you going to fly with your horse? Yes, yeah. I figure I've been flying, done like 25 flights at least with the horses internationally, so I trust myself. That's good. Yeah. And you'll load and unload and do well, all that good yeah, stuff. Apparently. I mean, when the horses fly internationally, they're in a, a kind of quarantine, and once they land, they get whisked away from you pretty quickly into a little, you know, black zone that no one sees for a couple of days, um, depending on the country. So this will be different to land and, you know, be able to help the horse get climatized and accustomed to the new area. Wow. Yeah. So now you're flying out the, on Sunday. I heard, is it true, the quarantine regulations that, you know, we had the big show down in Miami, Global Champions, all the top horses and riders there, most of them, a lot of them going out to Vegas. I heard that the European horses have to fly back to Europe and then be re fly back and be reinstated into our team. Is that true? Um, Did you hear anything? I'm not sure about that. I know that the European horses, if they came from Europe to do global champions tour, they would have had to then do uh, basically two and a half day quarantine at the airport in Miami. That seems more reasonable than flying them all the way back. And not all of those horses that flew over for global champions tour will go to Las Vegas, because there were only 18 riders allowed from the Western European League, and then you have Eastern European League and, and whatnot, the other leagues around the world. So each rider is allowed one horse plus a second, potentially. Um, they changed the rules a couple of years ago. You can now have two horses for for Vegas, or not Vegas, but for World Cup finals. Um, you can also bring a speed horse. So Probably they, you know, the most of them aren't even going on to Vegas. Right. Hey, while we're on the topic here, guys, and I know this is a little off topic. Sorry, Emily. Uh, but no how important is the world, for people who know nothing about jumping, how important is World Cup in the scheme of show, all the millions of shows you guys seem to do? It, for, I would say it's probably the most prestigious individual competition because you are not chosen by your country. It's something that you can... Um, decide to compete in, in as a goal for yourself and attend those shows. In Europe, the competitions for the qualifiers are only at five-star, which are the highest uh, in the world. So it's sometimes hard to even get in those qualifiers to be able to go to the finals. And then, um, of course, it, it's a very difficult competition. It's three days of jumping and potentially a jump off even in the end. So with it's, with it's the same horse. The horse. So your three days of jumping with the same horse? Used to always be with the same horse and I believe it was five years ago that they changed it. Uh it was when it was in Geneva. 
that they changed it and you were allowed to have a, a second horse, uh, one horse for the speed and, and then another horse for the other two classes. Some hmm. riders have taken advantage of that, but most just take one through the whole entire week. That's a lot. It is. It's really it's a lot. lot. Most of them get you got to have a super horse. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, you really do have to have a, a, a big string um, to be able to hit all these competitions as a rider. You know, a lot of the points are for rider, not for horse. So you have availability to do these different classes, global champions, world cup and this. But, oh, my gosh, I mean, you do. You have to have multiple horses. Right. Just to be at the top of the world ranking, you can't. it's not good enough to have one Grand Prix horse. You have to have a string of horses because you have to have some horses resting while the other horses are competing. So it's um, it's really like having a sports team that you're managing and which players go on the field, which days. Wow. So cool. Well, I'm so excited that you're flying out there. I can't wait to watch you guys in action. We're going to live stream. We'll be cheering yeah. you on. Yeah. Air Force I'm One. Excited. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Figured so we have see what Vegas had. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I mean, you guys and you know that horse so well. I mean, you're right. you, you've had him since he was five. Is that right? I've had him since he was six. So it'll be like five six. years this this month. We've been together okay. in five years. That's yeah. awesome. That's and for anybody that's we'll curious, be... he's actually gray. He's not blue. Um, like <laughs> well, he's changed no. colors. He's changed colors. When I got him, he was very dark gray. And now he's nearly white. He only has gray in his mane and oh, around wow. his knees. Yeah, he was very dark when I got him. So he he went through a blue phase. Now he's white. <laughs> he was green, <laughs> and then he was blue, and now he's white. <laughs> Did he come with that I name, love... by the way? No, his way? name his name was El Diablo de la Romanary. Five words. It's a little what? difficult. And yeah. El Diablo means devil. And I thought, you know, <laughs> the devil is not so nice. And no one would remember it. And his father is president, and his grandfather is Clinton. So I wanted to stick with that theme. Oh no! Of something presidential. That's yeah, funny. that's right. It was either that or Star Spangled. <laughs> oh. I've been good too. Yeah. He's super. I love your Facebook photo um, where he's gotten either a little right or left through that big Purina combination, and he's jumping the standard. Like, well, you no know problem. what? That was a triple combination, and it's just an optical illusion because I'm at B, and that was the wing of C, so it looks like I'm oh. jumping over this. Well, he's clearing like it, it in the optical yeah, illusion. Exactly. 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 I mean, he's like that's a foot over picture. it. He's unbelievable. Well, that's yeah. fine. Well, we're going to yeah. check in, so good luck in Vegas. We're going to be live Thank streaming. You. For Perfect. sure. So I thought it would be fun to have Kama on to talk about something very appropriate. We keep discussing top sport, top competition, you know, all of this geared towards the sport in this country. And we really we really need to be focusing on our foundation, how we get there. So we thought, Kama and I were talking actually quite a bit about this during our live stream extravaganza. But there is trainer certification all over the world different countries have different rules we are sort of just launching it um here in this country Kama's pretty versed she is going through the process herself i thought it would be great to hear right from somebody who's doing it and a, and a and a trainer top sport trainer rider what does this mean how do you do it is it important all that good stuff right it is for me in my opinion it's absolutely important i've talked to other professionals and i actually get a mixed viewpoint some of the professionals think it's not important, and they even said, Kema, why are you doing this? 
other Grand Prix riders said to me, Kim, why are you doing this? You really? have enough credentials in the ring. And I said, because if you go to a nail salon, even those people have certification to do it. And it adds credibility to what you do. You know, just as if you have a bachelor versus a master versus a doctorate. And I grew up in a family that you try to get as educated as possible. And it doesn't hurt in any way to get uh, to get a higher level of education. And so it's just a way for me to prove and to show to everyone that I have taken classes to teach, that, um, you know, that I have insurance, that I've attended different clinics, that I'm staying on top of the sport. And... I mean, other things, they do a background check on on the people. You have to get three recommendations. I think about all these, you know, local people that kind of, you know, didn't build their own resume and just go on a hope and a prayer and started off with one little client and end up having a barn with, you know, 20 horses or something. But the riders themselves, or sorry, the trainers themselves never did anything. So how can you, someone, you know, to a higher level than you've, ever participated in yourself. And the USHGA program highlights what these professionals have done. So if you go on the USHGA website, you can look up the trainers in your area that are certified, and then you can see what that trainer has done. It gives the last years or or last couple years overview whether they were training someone, what level they were competing at, whether it was a double A show, A show in the hunters, the jumpers, equitation, or uh, whether they were competing on horses themselves. And it gives the prize money won for the jumpers, prize money for the hunters, how many ribbons they won at the different level classes. There's graphs and grids. And I think the only people that don't want this kind of um, openness and clarity are people that haven't built their own resumes. You know, if you have riders, even if you haven't competed, if you've trained riders to a certain level, that will be reflected in your profile on the USHJ website. I love that. I didn't realize that there was a profile like that. I mean, in my mind, I think it should be mandatory. And those of you that know me know I went to Germany. I studied with the FM through their their riding college in Becca. I have my certification to train and ride and show. And I, you know, I did that because this was like 10 years ago or something uh, because it wasn't available in this country and nobody cared. So I thought, well, this is a real uh, program. Okay. It's the FM. This is in my, in my mind, you know, the, as big as it gets, this is great. So I'm going to do that for to say all the same things that you're saying, because I, I wanted to present that. I wanted to have proof. I wanted credentials. I wanted it to be known and, and evaluated sort of, and also there, there be a foundation, a sharing of information that's consistent because in, we all know the American systems sort of, there, there are quite a few different American systems and it's a little bit preference. Whereas in Germany, there's only a handful of textbooks and you get a textbook depending on your level and it's the dressage, it's the jumping, it's the horse management, all of those things. I mean, it just seems like a no-brainer. In my mind, it should be mandatory. I think that everybody should have to take the certification, and having someone like you, Kama, out there waving that banner is incredible, especially with 
sort of a little naysaying by your peers, essentially, other Grand Prix riders telling you not to do it. We don't, that's not good. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. Everybody yeah, should no, be doing not, it, in my opinion. No, but it's not that they're saying don't do it. They're just saying, oh, but don't you feel like you've built your resume up enough as a rider? And, and okay, maybe I have, but I, I want to go further and, and also training. And yes, I've brought kids along into the junior jumpers or whatnot, but I want that when someone goes in our region uh, into the USHGA website and they say, okay, I'm looking for a young horse trainer or I'm looking for uh, someone for beginner lessons, it helps me as well. I have some clients that don't want to go to Florida for the winter that aren't able to make that commitment because of school or financial reasons. And if there were other trainers in the area that I knew were certified that were good instructors, I could say, you should go to this person and ride with this person for the four months that I'm going to be in Wellington. Okay, I have now to so jump in here. Work together. I have to jump in here a little bit because, I, you know, and I, I, I am probably libertarian when it comes to uh, – politics and believe in less government regulation not more but i think that all trainers should be certified and we all know trainers uh we all know trainers that uh would cause us to think that um yeah. you know they do it they do it obviously in the thoroughbred in the racing world and the standardbred and thoroughbred world and the reason they do it is then there is some accountability there's actually something they can hold over their head if they're doing things they shouldn't be doing and uh, you know, th- I I kind of think that we're at the point now where we I think we should do that. I think it, it it's accountability. It's everything you just said. It's accountability. It's it's also it's also having that something that uh, that you've had to do to prove that you're worthy of doing it. And it also something you want to hold on to that if you lose it, you can't do it anymore. So I, it's just my right. opinion. I agree. Right. 100 percent. It should be mandatory. Now, how do how do people sort of investigate that? If I'm a trainer, I I want to start getting my sort of training and results and all of this catalog. What do we do? Go to the USHGA website, or how do how do you sign up? Right. So if you go to the USHGA website, you can click on uh, the trainer certification program, and if you've been a trainer for at least one year, you can go under provisional, and if you've been professional. This is the one thing that I differ with them in opinion on. If you've already been a professional for three years and you go through this program, then you can become certified. So if you're just over a year, you're provisional. And if you're three years or over, you're certified. I think that you should have to do this program before you check the box to say you're a professional. Because as it is now, anyone can go on the USEF website and say they're a professional. Um, and for me, that's not good enough. You can be an amateur one day and just because you check the box and decide, you know, you can't do that with anything else to, to start to open a restaurant. You need um, paperwork and you need to go through more than just getting on the Internet and checking a box and putting your initials next to it. Oh, totally. Yeah, that is interesting. But, but that's good. At least, at at least the ball rolling. And all of that being said, it's never going to, that'll never happen uh, with the politics the way they are currently. So, right, uh, right, absolutely. I mean, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, well, at least it's a start in spreading the word, encouraging people to sign up. I mean, here you've got a top sport Grand Prix rider telling you that 
it definitely is something that needs to happen. It's important, and it's the only way that we're going to elevate the sport in this country. We talk about top sport, and that's sort of our eyes on the top sport, but we need a proper foundation. So so right. there you have it on the trainer certification. Hey, and now, Cam, what? She already flies on Air Force One. She should be able to make this rule by herself. I know, right? Seriously, she's like <laughs> yeah. higher up for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so rarely do we have such a a top rider on our show. Um, not not always do we, I should say. So we have her today. We've got Kama. You're going to Vegas. I thought it would be very appropriate if you could give us a training tip or exercise that you like that's helpful. <sighs> Well, I was thinking you had, you had told me about this training tip, and my idea as a, a trainer, when I meet someone for the first time, I always ask them what their goals are. It's important to know where someone's trying to get to and to know if the person is riding for fun or they want to go out and be the best that they can be and get as far as they can in the sport because you'll absolutely have to teach them accordingly. If someone is just having fun and wants to ride well and not interfere with their horse when they go over a jump, then you're going to teach them differently than if someone's aspirations are to go to the Olympics, regardless of whether or not they'll get there. But someone that wants to jump in a 130 or 140 or something like that, you're going to teach them differently, even the children. They'll push themselves more and you'll know how far you can push them, maybe even a little bit to the edge of their comfort zone versus someone that's riding for fun, you'll make completely different exercises and you need to keep that in mind when you're teaching them. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, just listening, just taking the time. Because, yeah, you know those trainers. They just dig into you right off the bat and they're they're on an agenda. But, yeah, just taking the time to listen and ask the student, where, what are the goals? Where are you Where are you wanting to head? And where the horse as well, obviously factoring that in. You're a good trainer, Cam. I want to tell you, really, you've got a great way about you and you're really, you, you take clients, right? Isn't that your business as well? Right, right. Yes, I do. Yep. I do. So check her out I've on her website, show-jumpers.com, as Camel Godek's website, and uh, importation, lessons, and trainer certification. I mean, you're about to be certified. But this is this is really the way that, that people should be training to achieve the goals. Exactly. Now, I do have my German trainer certification, like you said, um, you have done as well. And it's a little bit different process. Both have their you know, positive uh, aspects in, in a different way. But it's important to do this just to show that you're continuing your education. Uh, vets continue to go to education. And we could set up exercises when we're jumping potentially that could injure the horse or the rider. So you need to be aware of that and, and make sure that you know the correct distances and not just that it's been passed down from three different people word of mouth. You need to right. be on top of these things. It's true. There needs to be some uniformity on our foundation. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. You guys check it out. USHJA website, trainer certification. It is, I think, a must. I think it should be mandatory. Um, you've got our training tip. Listen to the goals. Talk to the student. Find out where they're going, where they want to go. I love it. So, Kama, we are going to check in. We are tuning in. Good luck at Vegas. Your horse flies out Thank Sunday. You. I cannot wait. Very Thank exciting. You. I'm excited. Yes. In the you guys are going to be great. Fingers oh, crossed. So cool. It's so yeah. cool. Thank you for taking the time out. I know you're busy to talk with us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. We'll and talk Kama, to you. Remember, yeah, good luck. 
hey, Cameron, remember when you're in Vegas that uh, that for athletes, uh, bedtime's 10 o'clock. Just saying. I know. <laughs> I know. I've already discussed no. that with everyone. And then at least having the horse there. <laughs> I, I thought at least having the horse there will keep me grounded. I've never been to Vegas before. Oh, that would be fun. All right. You definitely know, need a curfew that. then. You need a curfew <laughs> and an escort, both. I know, uh, exactly. <laughs> so much fun. Good luck, All right, we'll take pictures. We're going to tune in. Good luck. That's funny. Well, we I can't believe that's her first time going to Vegas and she's going to show the World Cup. That's not too shabby, huh? Seriously. <laughs> seriously. That's awesome. She's gonna do great. That'll be fun. You guys got a live stream. She's uh she's delightful. You can have her back anytime. Oh, she'll she'll be happy to come back. I think we had a good time doing the live stream. We were like, Okay, this is scary, but I think we kinda like it and then we had a little T V time and we were like, Okay, this is kinda cool. I think we were into it. She's fun. We had to do the TV time too, and I wasn't too into that. I had uh, as a reason I do radio. You guys looked much better than we did doing our TV time, oh, which we had to it's take three takes to make it work. So. Oh no. Yeah, we did it. We did one or two because I forgot to take my sunglasses off. Oops. Well, we have oh, Louie well. Smith coming up next. We've made her wait long enough. She's from the Equestrian Corner. Good morning, Luann. Morning. Hi guys, how are you today? Good. Sorry, we're, we're running good. so late. I know. No, Sorry, we were okay. chatting. <laughs> no, not a problem. So, Luann, <laughs> she is our resident barn girl. She has tested and tried a product for us. She's bringing it. So, what do you have for us, Luann, this month? Okay, well, um, I chose the um, Whores Danica Soft Shell Jacket. Um, this is a, a definitely, I would say, a, a three-season jacket, good for the fall, uh, winter, and, you know, these cooler spring days. Um, it's completely waterproof, but it also breathes, so you don't, like, roast to death in there, you know. Um, important. Windproof. What's that? That's important. That oh, season. definitely, definitely. The mid-season, you yeah. does have a, yeah, definitely. It, it has a, a removable hood, and, of course, um, it has those great thumb holes, you know, that uh, I love those on my jacket because, you know, it kind of keeps the wind from going up your sleeves and stuff. Um, and uh, has a little, like a zipper on the sides to give you a little bit more room while you're riding. It's a little bit longer in the back. Um, give you, a, you know, so it's more comfortable while you're riding. Um, it's it's very comfortable. Spring, in, in is the this a spring jacket? Is this would be good for spring? Um, it's, it's, I would say, yeah, I've been wearing it this spring because it's still a little, you know, colder. Um but I would say more fall, winter, and then, you know, early spring, because it is a little heavier weight. It's not like a real lightweight jacket, but um, on these cool spring days, it's it's been perfect. I, I wear right, it Emily, almost every Emily, day. Emily, you should buy one before you go I to New York, because you're thinking it's too darn cold up there. And oh, Emily oh can wear this halfway through winter. That's well, now it's time to buy it, because we're... We're making room um, for our 2015 products coming in. So this is uh, a um, fall-winter kind of product. So we actually have um, our horse uh, products on uh, 50% off clearance. So this jacket's normally $109.95, and we have it for um, $65.95, I think. Oh, wow. That's a good deal. So it's a great deal. comes in. Um, like a chocolate brown, which is really pretty. Um, I got the navy, um, but it's 
it's very it's a, a very comfortable jacket. It's fitted so it it's um, attractive to wear, but uh, yet very comfortable. And uh, it was raining here this morning, so uh, it definitely is waterproof. Uh, the the hood is removable, but you know it's it's a, it's a cute jacket, and for that price, I mean you can't beat it. And where can they find it? Um, on theequestriancorner.com. All right, so that's equestriancorner.com. And, like and all of your horse products yeah. are there, right? I mean, they can just search. And yes, by the way, when you're searching our... for that, don't search. Search for H-O-R-Z-E. Uh, yes, correct. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and yes. we do have like a little drop-down bar um, that you can, you know, search either in women's or children's because we do have, like I said, all the the um, fall and winter horse products we do have on clearance. And uh, there is a sidebar that you can just shop for whores, so to make it easier. Very good. Good recommendation, and you can find it all at theequestriancorner.com. Thanks for joining us again, Leanne. Thanks, Leanne. Talk to you next month. You have a good day. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Well, you're back. We lost you there for a minute, so I'm glad to have you back. Because, you know, you don't want me doing a show all about uh, jumping by myself. That would be bad. <laughs> but it would be exciting. Keep, you it know. would be exciting. Yes. <laughs> well, you are listening oh to Horses gosh. in the Morning. I am Glenn the Geek here with Emily Thompson. And it is, of course, the jumping episode brought to you by S Equestrian today. Speaking of S Equestrian, what's new with your fashion line? Oh, boy, keeping me busy. This is always a fun time of year. Uh, you know, we have sort of two projects. I have the A-Circuit line, and we've got all kinds of new excitements, innovations, new fabrics. I went to the fabric show with Reese, our dressage. She's so much fun. I love her. We had a great time. But we went down to Miami. We are checking out all the new fabrics. We, I mean, I've got so many swatches. That was awesome. So I'm not going to spill the beans, but we do have new styles, new new projects happening on the equestrian side of things. But this kind of time of year is always really exciting for us because we end up uh, about like the 30th of April through May 2nd, we end up at the IHSA uh, National Finals which are the college teams, all the top-ranked college teams come together and compete at finals. So it's so much fun. I think this is like maybe our fourth or fifth year doing it. We are the official show shirt of the IHSA. So if you go to college and you ride on a college team, you can order college team shirts. They have the college logo on the liner and embroidery if they want it, although most people do not want embroidery because it's old school. But, no, we love them. It's, it's lots of fun. Hey, I forgot to tell you, Emily, we were stopping at Dunkin' Donuts a few weeks back on our way down to Disney World, and as I walked in, right there was a herd of college students off on their way to a horse show wearing Essequestrian shirts! Oh, oh my gosh, you should have taken a Creeper paparazzi photo. I know, I saw Essequestrian shirts in the wild, it was so exciting. (laughs) <laughs> That's so great. It really is fun like that when you happen upon them because it's the whole team and they've all like Florida Gators or whoever it is, University of Miami. We've done lots, lots of the team shirts and they're so cute because they'll be like 20 or 30 of these girls and they've all got their collars popped and a situation like that mm-hmm. where they're not riding. You really get to see yeah, it. I, think I love it. They thought they thought I was a little creepy because I walked right up to them and I said, oh, those are Essequestrian shirts, aren't they? And they're like, Stay away. <laughs> they, <were laughs> so funny. Oh, they all had it ready with their tasers. 
they all had jelly and coffee stains all over them. But other than that, they yeah, were well, great. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They wash right out. Yeah, they're the best shirts for your college crowd. They do wash right out. They're funny. The schools are all different. You know, some of the kids they they put the orders together, and there's actually a built-in fundraiser. So ten dollars off of every shirt goes back towards their show expenses, which is fun. That's great for the each team. Team is different, but for a lot of them, I mean, that's a big deal. Um, but then you kind of get into into an interesting situation with some of these girls when they order because they have either they pull together their personal finances, they all decide that they want to do this, they're going to order team shirts, okay, they order. Or in some of the big schools, like SCAD, for example, they order, the, the college orders, and they own those shirts. So they, which is not, we're not familiar with this in riding, but they treat them like a uniform so the kids get the shirts, a different shirt each time or whatever for the event, and then team captain takes them back and puts them back in the locker room. (laughs) I wasn't sure that Mary wore. She got jelly all over it. (laughs) I know. I know. I was like, how does this work? But they do. And so that we had a few instances where the girls were were getting upset because they loved the shirts so much and they wanted to wear them and have them at home. So then the girls would come together with a secondary order of shirts that they owned. Very funny. funny. Yeah. Who knew? But, no, it's great. It's a fun project. The college riding is really where it's at. Those kids have a blast, and it's a nice segue and, for the kids that are showing. Last year, mm-hmm. you came to us live from there, actually. You were in Harrisburg at the time, uh, mm-hmm. and you, you were doing the show from there. Where is it this year? So this year, it's up at the Big E um, in Massachusetts, Springfield, I believe. Springfield, yeah. That's lots of fun. Yep, it's it's a fun venue. I mean, we go there for various different things. I think I I had a little bit of the show there last year from uh, New England finals as well. But uh, but yeah, no, it's cool. It's a great venue. So they do the IHSA does two years at a venue. So we did two years in Harrisburg, and then now we'll do two years at the Big E in Massachusetts. So it's fun. I'm not sure. I'll have to check the standings and see what schools. I think they're still still getting points or they're at regionals or something, and then we'll see what teams shake out. But they've got team competitions, and then they have the individuals. And then what's really fun are the alum come back, and so they get to ride. You know, like last year we had a, an interview with one of the West Point alum, and she had won a class or gotten a ribbon at her finals. Like, I don't want to give a number, but it was a long time ago, and she was so excited to be back and riding on her team. It's fun. If you guys ever have an opportunity to check it out or participate or even go cheer on your school riding school team, even if you didn't ride on it, the kids love it. It's lots of fun. And but not exactly centrally located if they're having it in Massachusetts this year, though, huh? I know, but there's like a lot of schools, I think, that are up that way, so like Mount Holyoke, and I, I think for some of them it is. But, yeah, no, I mean, the Floridians and anybody, gosh, right. West Coast, it's definitely, it's a trek. Yeah, it definitely is. But, they, you know, they're young. They love doing that stuff. Last time we were up there at the, at the Big E was for the World Percheron Congress. Wendy and I went up last year and had a, had a blast there. Your horses will be a little smaller than ours were. Yes, <laughs> that's wild. i got to go check that out. That's got to be. You, you go to all yeah. these fun events, this, the Road to the Horse, stuff I've never heard of, really. I like it. Yeah, yeah I like doing the, you know, sometimes these weird little events that are, you know, that are very specific and very niche are, are the most fun because they're so passionate. You know, they're overpassionate about, about their breed or, or whatever they're doing. So it really does make it a lot of fun that way, doing the really niche things. Oh, like that's that. awesome. 
Yeah. No, I got to check that out with the Percherons. Who doesn't want to see Percherons? They're so big. They're fun. Well, you can find all of uh, Emily's wares at sequestrian.com. And the S is spelled E-C-E just because she wants to confuse you. <laughs> no, it's uh. old English. means eternal <laughs> everlasting. Now you have the inside scoop. But we're on Facebook. Check us out as Equestrian for IHSA as well. You can see the new college team shirts that have come out. We keep up with the with the posting so you can kind of see what's happening. And we will be at finals in a few weeks. So stay tuned. Very exciting. And, of course, you know, there's one thing that you shouldn't be confused about, and that's your horse's health. And that's our next segment. Yes, it's true. So I was very excited. We've got our good friend Dan Daly coming on from Golden Grow. is a fantastic supplement. Is He can give us the lowdown backstory on the company. It's not new, um, but they are breaking into show jumping now with a little more, a little more visibility. And it is, it is the real deal. I've actually had my personal horses on it for the last, say, gosh, I, I think it's a little over a month now. Dan and I met up at the Vendor Expo in Wellington, um, which was awesome. I was very happy to get my hands on this product. I can't tell you my horses look amazing. They didn't look bad before, but they look great. Ones that I was having a little trouble getting a muscle on or a little more shine in the coat. So anyway, we've got Dan Daly. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on with you guys. I know. It's so great. I'm glad it worked out. I know you're busy. You have a travel schedule and, and all kinds of stuff going on, but I was psyched we were able to make this work because this is a product that people definitely need to hear about. Oh, thank you very much. We're actually getting ready to go to our next expo uh, this week, the end of this week in Ohio. So just wrapping everything up uh, for that. And, and I appreciate your kind words on, on, on Golden Grow. Um, I, I'm glad we could make you a believer. Yeah, no, totally. I was, I, you, you need to see the results. I mean, every, everybody makes outrageous claims and, and there's word of mouth. Okay. This person's using branch chain amino acids or this one's using whatever. I mean, everybody's got their little thing that they use, but the reality is you, you need to see the results and, and it would be nice if the horses all could kind of go on the same supplement. You have big barns know this, you know, everybody comes in with all these different supplements, growth and all of this. Um, but I have had multiple horses now on this Golden Grove for the last month, and they're all different types, hot ones, cold ones, easy keepers, picky eaters, ones that don't eat their supplements. And just like you said, Dan, I don't even wet it. I just put it in there and they eat it. But they really, really look good, really good. And you have that on your website. Tell us a little bit about your uh, about your, your testimonials and your – I mean, you have a money-back guarantee. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we, we encourage everybody to take the Golden Grow Challenge. If you go to our website, uh, www.growyourownchamp.com, uh, you can go on there and, and take the Golden Grow Challenge. So what we ask people to do is, is purchase a bucket wherever you can uh, get one um, and, and use the product for the recommended period of time. And if you're not satisfied, uh, if we don't make a believer out of you, I am happy to refund your money. That's how much we believe in this product. I love it. And it really, really does make a difference. Coat, foot growth, all of it. I was surprised in such a short period of time, which the website says you guys check out their website, growyourownchamp.com, and you can see some of these testimonials and photos. But I, like I said, my horses looked good. I mean, they were, they're show horses. They're in full, I think I met up with you towards the end of season. I mean, everybody's been showing. It, it was happening. They look good. They're all on supplements. But this, this really just took it up a notch. I mean, they really building nice muscle, soft muscle, not not water weight, not bulky. I've, I've used a lot of different supplements, and these these horses all look great. 
Um, and now, Dan, you this is not a new company, right? Tell us a little bit about sort of the backstory here. Sure, sure. So the, the product itself has been around for about 20 years. It was made by a, a nice, uh, sweet old man in the middle of Georgia um, who um, my parents have uh, standard bred racehorses, found out about Golden Growth through word of mouth about 20 years ago. Um, and they would, I remember as a, as a child, I, I would come home and there's 10 bags of Golden Growth sitting on the doorstep from UPS. And guess who got to load it in the back of the truck? Uh, but me. <laughs> Um, and I decided, you know, as I got older, I said, this is a really good product and it's really a, a kind of the best kept secret. So I started working with the, the original manufacturer and uh, one thing led to another. I bought the company out. So the product's been around forever. My business is about four years old now. And I mean, we are, I, I am so amazed every day I wake up with the number of orders and everything else and the people that we can get onto the product. Uh, it really is amazing. And, and it really, what's nice about it, the way we like to say, you know, tell people is it's really three supplements in one. Um, you can go to the store and you can buy, uh, you know, a, a weight builder, a weight gainer. You can buy a, a hoof supplement. You can buy a coat supplement all separately, or you can buy that all in one great product. And that's, that's pretty much what Golden Grow is. Yeah, it's everything. And it's got a nice amount of fat. It's got the protein. It's soy protein, right, if I remember correctly? Yes. It's soy protein, soy-based high-fat protein. What's nice about it, too, is we don't – it's not for one particular subset of horses. You know, we've got jumpers. We've got racehorses. We've got uh, dressage. We've got – and everybody in between, and old horses and young horses – I've got uh, farms, breeding farms that are now feeding it uh, to their to their mothers. You know, I mean, it, it really is getting out there and finding a home in all these different breeds and groups and uh, and all have been very happy with it. And so are we. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, it really, I, I know your dad just uh, crossing paths. I didn't know that he was your dad. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy when we met at the trade show. But Dan's dad, also named Dan, is a great standard bread trainer. Um, and those, the horses, the, the racing horses, you need the muscle, but you can't, I think, have, you know, the weight. The body can't be carrying around all that sure. weight. You risk tendon injuries and all of this. So that really piqued my interest to see the success in the racing community and then, you know, trying it out and seeing seeing the results on my own horses. I was like, okay, this is the real deal. Like, I'm sold. I'm going out. Like you told me, there's a, ta- a feed store out in 441. I'll be going there this week. I'm going to re-up on my tubs of Golden Grow to go north. It is the real, real deal. And it's not bulky. That's the big thing I want to impress upon people who have used muscle growth supplements. This is not necessarily a growth, you know, like, you know, it's not like steroids or something like that. It's protein. It's it's the fat. It's all the stuff that the horse needs, the biotin, and they just look good and they grow according to their body frame. Sure, sure. And I appreciate you mentioning that too. You know, often, oftentimes we get lumped in with with weight gainers and we're not really a, a weight gainer. We're going to help, you know, if you've got one that's not filling out all the way, You've got one that you just want to put some additional muscle on. Um, you mentioned it earlier, too. It's not water weight. It's not like you're going to stop feeding Golden Grow for whatever reason, and it's all just going to fall away. I mean, it, it really does uh, build that, that muscle. And you've got a lot of folks, um, you know, during, during their seasons, particularly, let's say, the racing season where you're, you're shipping your horse around to a different racetrack, you know, on a, on a weekly basis. I mean, that can be really tough on a, on a horse. And so I've got people that swear by Golden Grow, and then it keeps their energy level up. It, it keeps them feeling good, even though they're they're constantly on the go. Yeah. No, and when you look at the ingredients, there's a few little things that you don't always find. 
um, I've got a horse that has a copper deficiency and it came to me with that information. They did all the tests and I've got this like, I don't know where they order it from because you can't buy it in the States. It's very hard to get your hands on, but it's basically like, you know, pure copper solution. I have to uh, give the horse each day and, and they swear, okay, it makes a big difference. I'm like, eh, I don't know, but I see your stuff has some copper in it too, which I've, I've, some of those ingredients are a little bit obscure and, and not in, in regular day-to-day supplements. Sure, sure. Yeah, it, like I said, that, that recipe has been around uh, for, for 20 years. And I have to tell you, when I first started the business, I asked my dad, I said, Dad, before I get too far involved in this, is there something better out there? If, if, if there is, that's okay. I just want to know going in. Is there something else that you would rather use other than Golden Grow? And he said, no, and that's why I've been using it, or well, he's been using it for the last 20 years on all of our racehorses. Every single one gets it every single day. Um, and, and he swears by it, and that kind of pushed me uh, to go ahead and, and make this happen. Well, Dan, uh, we have a lot of listeners that are in the Ohio area, and you're heading out to actually what has become now the biggest expo in the country, and that's uh, in Columbus there. Are, where are you going to be? What booth? Do you know what building and booth? I am I'm so excited. It's our first year. I actually don't know the booth number. Uh, okay. offhand, but I will have it posted on, we're, we're big on social media. I love social media. Follow us, find us, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we will make sure to, to put out our booth number. We'll have a lot of uh, good promo materials and uh, some sample uh, bags of, of Golden Grow uh, for basically taste testing, that kind of stuff. So take it home with you and uh, and stop by our booth and, and we'd love to see you. You know, Emily, yeah. there's some, sh- some shows where you can say, well, we'll just be there and we'll have a booth. Uh, but you cannot say that at this one uh, because really? they will just well, they will not find you. There are thousands of booths. I mean, this is a huge wow. expo, uh, and well, I'm, I'm looking forward. You're going to have fun there. We've been there a few times over the years, and you're going to have a good time there in Ohio. I, we are we are thrilled. This is the biggest show that that we've been to, and and like I said, find us on Facebook and and Twitter, and and we'll we'll put that information out there, and, and hope to see you guys there. Yeah, no, you guys grow. check it out. It's the real deal. Golden Grow, growyourownchamp.com. Check it out. Even you try the money back guarantee. You know, just buy it. Try your horses for a few weeks. You're going to be thrilled. It's really the real deal. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for joining us. We'll, we'll check in with you soon. I'm going to post pictures of my horses, too. They keep growing and looking fabulous. I love, love supporting love good products. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. Thanks, Dan. Great. Good luck in Ohio. Talk to you soon, Dan. Safe travels. And that's Golden Grow. And you can just Google or you can just Facebook that Golden Grow, G-R-O. Just remember there's no W at the end there. Have you ever yeah. been to the Ohio Expo? No, I, I didn't want to yeah, waste his airtime talking about it. But, yeah, fill me in. What's the deal? It's big. I mean, it's a big show, and they have all kinds of clinicians and stuff. But uh, the shopping there is just huge. Uh, they, uh, it's the same place, that uh, same location, actually, where they do Quarter Horse Congress, which is like okay. the biggest show ever. I mean, it, it ha- happens. It makes the jumpers look lazy. Those people are there for, mm-hmm. like, uh, five weeks living on in a trailer in the, in the parking lot. And, oh, my uh, God. Just, They're hardcore. You know, they, Living quarters, yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's at the same location. It's a big show, and I know a lot of our listeners will be heading out there, so they can check that out. Well, we are going to try and get uh, Jen Blumenthal on here uh, with uh, as our next guest. She joins us here almost every month. Good morning, Jen. 
Hi, guys. How are you? Okay. We've been We're having good. a little bit of technical trouble today, so we hope we keep you on the entire time. You know, I've been <laughs> listening. It sounds great. I, I don't hear any problems. Oh, wow. Perfect. Good. Thanks. Well, you are really good fakers, Emily. We are oh, faking it well today. It does not feel like that on the inside. <laughs> the show sounds great. That's so awesome. I mean, you've, talked about, you've talked about so much that, uh, you know, is current and relevant. I mean, it's been a good show. Oh, you're so sweet. Listening uh, in, too. Are uh, you still down here, Jen? Are you in Wellington? No, I left. Um, oh, no. I, I know, you know, Miami made me really sad because, you know, these days with social media, you know everything that's happening immediately. Like, even before the competition started, all my friends who were down there were posting pictures on, like, warm-up days. You know, I have one oh, friend on their Instagram, their, um, their top show groom. I get to meet a lot of really great um, managers and top grooms with um, my company, barnmanager.com. And one of the grooms, he was so funny because he was running back and forth from the stabling to the beach because the stabling was right there on the beach. So he would just pick a stall and then run in his bathing suit and, like, you know, get a suntan. <laughs> Jen, I kept awesome. looking at all the pictures from there for you in your bikini, and I didn't see a one. <laughs> Did you? There was a, there was a great shot of a couple of the spectators on the um, beach side, and there was like one lady who was obviously yes. a bodybuilder or crossfitter or something. And then it was just so funny because they, the cameramen too, during the when they were um, li- when the live stream was going, they kept uh, zooming into any of the bikini bod girls. I thought it was the funniest thing. It's so funny. But, like, it literally was right there on the beach. I mean, the side of the arena was, like, you know, chest height for me. Like, and I'm short. Like, people could just walk up and just be right there. Like, wow, just happen upon top sport show jumping. How cool is that? I was, you know, it was funny because at the end, of circuit is, the Wellington circuit is very long. It's 12 weeks. Emily knows this. And I would say by week 10, people are, week 11 and week 12, people are burnt out. People are tired. Totally. It's it, it's 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 too long. But Miami, all of a sudden, it was like everybody got so excited. You everybody knew it was coming, but then when it happened, everyone just migrated down there. Like, I mean, I don't think there was a soul left. If anyone had any free time, they would just drive down during the day because it was such a great experience. I thinking myself that I couldn't go, but I had uh, family obligations, so I had to come back to New York, and just just from the start to finish, I mean, to me, this is like creme de la creme, like, well, that's not a really good thing, but it's going to be really exciting the next few years. People are always excited about new events, and this is it. Miami, everyone's going to look forward to it next year. So is this going to be, I did talk to a few people. I myself, unfortunately, did not get to go either. I had also family obligations, but uh, all of my Facebook friends, I think, were there, so I saw photos from, I think, every seat in the standards, media tent, schooling area, FBI jobs, everything. But so the kind of the word on the street, I was asking around a couple of of the competitors, and they said the stabling was good, the venue was great. I mean, they're very happy as competitors. Do we think they're going to keep this as a leg for global champions as a venue? I think so. I was talking to another friend of mine. She's uh, another top groom. She's been to the Olympics four times, and she was saying that, I go, are you jealous you're not there? She goes, oh, yeah, I'm really jealous. 
And she said that, you know, the thing about new events is if they do it right and it's great, everybody's obsessed. I mean, that's it. But if they mess up anywhere, then everybody talks about, oh, the flooding wasn't good. Oh, this wasn't good. (laughs) But the fact, you know, the thing is Miami is such a weekend destination for people all up and down the East Coast. It's also an international destination specifically for South America. Um, You have, when we import or export horses and you're in the South, you fly out of Miami. That they have their, that's where most people bring the horses into. I mean, you can do other states, but when you're in Wellington, Miami is like the go-to destination. And um, at the end of the day, like it's such a great location. I was listening to Jen talk earlier and, you know, it's so funny because we start, I heard this earlier in circuit. I think it was Jimmy Toronto said this. He's um he was announcing for one of the Grand Prix, and he says, you know, you start your year off here in the United States with the hardest competition if you're competing in Wellington. And then you leave, and there's just so many different levels to the sport from, you know, just learning how to ride, which is the foundation, most important, connects to what Kama was saying, to, you know, all the way up to people aspiring to go to the Olympics. And what happens after Wellington and Ocala is people go back to their home states and they generally show around their regions or if you are lucky enough to do a tour of Europe and you're going for ranking points and FEI standings and all of that because you're you know going for the team or going for whatever it is that your ambitions are you might go to Europe and it's just it's nice that there is some European caliber so close to the winter circuits. I mean, you could probably even gone if you were in Gulfport still. Um, and it was exciting. I mean, I'm so sad that I wasn't there. <laughs> Next year, John, it's me and you, baby. Media time. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I will be, we might be going to, uh, bar manager might be going to Vegas. We have an invitation. So I'm going to find out today or tomorrow if I'm going to go to Vegas, which oh, I have never been to World Cup finals. And for anyone listening, any time that you hear of these events that, you know, are being publicized in the press and on TV, I mean, you should go because obviously that there's something to it. I'm sorry if you can hear the siren outside. Yeah, are they coming <laughs> for you, Jen? Are you in uh, trouble? Something we should Seriously. know about? Tell us yeah. the truth. All of yeah, our what's guests going are on, out Jen? of our shows. <laughs> Very loud. I was like, oh, my God, the siren's going off. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so... And then I, what you guys were saying about, um, I mean, generally hit it with uh, Colorado and Tryon and Old Salem, and then there's all the staple horse shows that are be- coming up during the summer. But the best thing about it is, I this is a very you know, I guess ringside conversation is everybody always there's like there's certain points of the year that people start asking the same questions. So towards the end of winter circuits. You have, everybody starts saying, so where are you going for the spring? Where are you going for the summer? What are you doing for fall? These are just questions that start to be asked between, you know, your friends by the ring. And I don't think um, the majority of people understand the logistics of organizing, you know, 12 months of the year, transporting horses, entering horse shows, keeping everything organized from the day-to-day just to the travel. I mean, this is a full-time job for just one individual in a barn. I can't imagine trainers that don't have any help really accomplishing this without a headache. 
Oh yeah. No, the logistics is unbelievable. Even just with these top classes, just the, the horses splitting up. I know like Todd, for example, one of our equestrian riders, he actually won the 150 class there at Global Champions. I have to give two shout outs. Ronan McGuigan, our other equestrian rider, won the 145 and then right came back in the ring for the 150. Todd came in and won in his custom Purina shirt. Might be good luck. But, uh, but so Todd, for example, he's got a few horses. He had a horse, um, he showed uh, Babalu, that nice mare, in the Global Champions class because uh, Quality Girl was getting ready to ship out to Vegas. It's like having just even just two horses like that, thinking, okay, we're going to show this one, move this one up, do this one in a smaller class in preparation to send out. Just the logistics of it all, just even on class management, is a nightmare if you don't have a staff, a team. Seriously. Um, yeah, they have, we, they'll have, what, 50, 60 horses. So, you know, they got to keep track of what... huge it, barn. I mean, there's everything, you know, what they're eating, what they're, you know, just down to every little detail that we go through taking care of a couple of horses, they have to do times 30, 40, 50, 60 horses. I have found that um, with a lot of our clients, we, a lot of, we had a lot of people, um, what I call getting organized towards the end of circuit. Um, I had a lot of people become new clients right at the end of circuit. And a lot of the reasons I always ask people, why do they sign up for my program? And they said that, um, you know, a big thing is they're dividing up the summer. I can't tell you how many people are, you know, they say, especially if they have a Grand Prix rider, if they have someone who's really going out there and has a string of horses, they're dividing up the horses in so many different locations, whether it's be, you know, a couple are in Europe, some are, you know, going to Spruce Meadows, and then some are up and down the East or West Coast. It just depends. But then I also have other barns where, you know, I think Camma made a good point. She has some clients that have to stay at home because of whatever reasons they don't go down south. Um, there, You have to have the ability to manage your horses in multiple locations, even if you aren't splitting up, but you're leaving your home base just to go to, like, Lake Placid or Vermont or Colorado, and you might have to leave a couple of horses at home. You can't neglect the horses that aren't maybe on the road or can't show at the current moment or preparing to show because they're young horses like you know, Emily. Yeah, for sure. Got to split up the herd. The logistics is hard. And sometimes there's so many dates a year, even if they're in Wellington, 12 weeks is too many weeks to show your top horse consistently. So you're rotating and yeah, the 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 management is, is key to the success of the animals and the management is what goes haywire because there's so many variables and so many shows and, and the businesses are large, like you're saying. So there's young horses, customers, grumpy horses. There's got to be proper management for all horses, all riders. I think it would be, it'd be interesting to find out how many horse shows are going on every week of the year because if you really think about it, there are so many, like, and we could do this as one too, but really and truly, I think people, it's funny when we talk about, um, you know, live streaming is the most amazing thing to me that's ever happened this morning. I always say that. But now that it's being televised, which um, there's two sides to that coin. It's great that it's being televised, but it's obvious that, or maybe it's not obvious, but I think it's interesting that a big reason why there's those television spots is available now that there wasn't is because less people are actually watching television. So when a network can say, hey, we have something new and interesting, people are going to tune in as opposed to watching their Netflix or their HBO Go or whatever it may be. Um, And I think that's really exciting. 
But if you really think about it, I wonder from, you know, the local sea circuit all the way up to, you know, Global Champions Tour, how many horse shows are going on a week? I mean, that's a lot of horsepower right there and a lot of competing. It's something I actually, now that I'm saying about it out loud, I kind of want to look into. Yeah, no, it's really true. There, There's so much great competition going on and top, top sport too. For those of you who are maybe just getting into show jumping or are fans of show jumping, check out the live streams, USCF Network. You can see a lot of these big classes, for sure Vegas, you know, there's some big, big classes, World Cup Finals, Global Champions. It's exciting. It's fun to watch. And uh, it, you're right. They're just jam-packed. There's just one after another. We need, a, we need a show like probably like every week so that we yeah. can cover it all. I think that's I what have, we need to put in our request. It's funny. I have friends that um, are out of the horse world. They, you know, grew up as juniors, super competitive, like completely obsessed. But, you know, they, had, they made the decision that they didn't want to do this professionally and they wanted to uh, go on and get careers in whatever field that fancied them. But uh, now because of live streaming and the TV, um, they literally will have the live stream on on a small screen on their computer and they'll be like typing away, and they'll still be watching at work. Or now, no, no, now by, they're still horse friends, but they're in the real world is what I like to call it. They'll they'll come over to my house and we'll like put it on and that will be like girls night is watching a horse show. That's awesome. It's awesome. That's the best girls night. I'm always surprised we met a bunch of our listeners up at Road to the Horse, and we're we're always shocked, especially the morning show, Horses in the Morning that we're on now, uh, how many of them don't have horses, and this is their way of keeping in co- you know connect, contact with the horse world. So, oh yeah, you know, like all those and, Facebook and that, groups. Oh my god. Yeah, and and eventually they will have horses again. Uh, you know, they will. Jen, we're running out of time. It is barnmanager.com is the website. Uh, and if you ever are at a horse show that Jen is at, you'll know her because she has the biggest million-dollar smile you're ever going to see. She is the I one know. with the biggest smile. She does. She, does. she has the most cutest. beautiful smile ever. She's so cute. <laughs> Bubbly, I know. Yeah, you see her and you yes. smile. That's so true. That's true. <laughs> no, we love Jen. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for bringing us ringside. I love this segment. It's such a nice way to wind down the show, kind of bringing us front and center. So we will check in with you soon. Safe travels. Okay. Bye. Bye, Jen. Well, thank you, Emily, once again for joining me. It's been the Jumping uh, Radio episode here on Horses in the Morning. Mm-hmm. You can find Emily at? Sequestrian.com. Sequestrian.com. Also, on, she's floating around on Facebook. Uh, give the farm name. Yes, yeah, Stella Farm is the farm name, or Emily Thompson. We're pretty good about posting. And, yeah, the side business, we've got all these ponies and horses going. Check us out. We do post. Very good. And, of course, you can hear all the past episodes of the Horses in the Morning show at HorsesInTheMorning.com. Best way to listen to our show uh, in the recorded version is on our app. Just go to the iOS or Android app store and search for Horses or search for Horse Radio Network. That's the free app. And Horses in the Morning is one of the eight shows on there. Uh, she mentioned, uh, Emily mentioned Reese Koffler-Stanfield, who's the host of the Dressage Radio Show. Uh, her and Philip will be at the World Cup, and they're going to be trying to check in with us from there. Although I do know they stay out late, and that would mean they'd have to get up at like 6 in the morning to be on our show live. 
I think the chances of that happening are probably zero. Probably slim, uh, but, and they have no horses in tow. So no, they're just out they there can... covering it for us. They're going to be watching the dressage. They did say they're going to try and get over to the jumping, but I do know spouses are coming along, so it's also going to be party okay. time in Vegas. It's party yeah. time, for yeah. sure. I'm jealous. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow morning here on Horses in the Morning. Jamie will be here. Take care, everybody. Bye, guys.